Welcome to episode 166. Yes. 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 Only 500 away from the episode of The Beast of the Throwdown Thursday podcast brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, a part of the Dorkening Network. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd, and I am joined, of course, by my co-host on the show and my co-host in life. She is currently drinking wine. She is the Michael Phelps of wine, the mistress of Merlot, the real housewife of Transylvania, and, uh, contrary to popular belief, it is not Mothra, but Ashes Von Nightmare, who is the queen of the monsters. Hello! Yeah, when you say that, <laughs> and you say it like that, you sound like your mother. I'm just. Oh my god, don't ever say that ever again. Don't ever sound like that again. <laughs> it's funny. Um, long time ago, when I was living at home, this is a long time ago, um, you know, it's, it's, girls kind of go through puberty too, like their voice changes and stuff. So I kind of went through, like my voice deepened a little bit and whatnot. And when people would call the house, they would think I was my mother. And so they would just start up a conversation with me. And I'm like, oh, do you want to talk to my mom? Like, do you want to talk to my mother? <laughs> So yeah, so I've I've gotten that before. Ah, whoops. I talk I sound similar to my mom. Not anymore though. Sometimes when you do that, you Hello. Do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't sound like that though. <laughs> when you listen back to this, you'll you you tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> oh god. So because this is our show and because people keep telling us that it's too early to celebrate Halloween, like when I wore my jack-o'-lantern shirt a few weeks ago and people are like, it's too early for that. Oh, it's too early for that. And the fact that we saw a commercial for a fucking Christmas movie when we went to see Ready or Not the other day. Right? Like, that was, uh, don't tell me I'm, I'm early celebrating Halloween if we're already seeing propaganda for Christmas. In August! It's crazy. Ready or Not, by the way, if you have not seen it Highly already, recommend it. go see it. It is Awesome! It's everything um, it's you want just, a horror comedy to be, right? It it was it was just Gore, awesome. Funny, um, I do, and I said this to you during the during the film. Um, it seemed like the guy who played the father, the father of the bride, or father of the groom, sorry, yes. was trying really hard for a Stanley Tucci impression, like. It's like they were like, we can't get Stanley Tucci. Can we get somebody who's very similar? Because he played it like Stanley Tucci. And he kind of looks like him. Oh, yeah. Stanley Tucci, love, if you're listening. Love the Tucci. Anytime right? you want to oh, come yes. on. Absolutely. You and he's, Ray Park. I think he's one of my favorite actors. Like oh, favorite he's fantastic. current actors. Well, you need to see The Silence. I, I have not seen it. I know you haven't. Most people haven't. And they complain that it's a ripoff of Bird Box, but it's not. But uh, I highly recommend The Silence with him and... Uh, Shipwreck McGee from. Oh, you're, are you talking about Kiernan Shipka? Yes, I was close. I was close from Mad Men and Sabrina. I didn't know she was in Mad Men. I thought that was Elizabeth Moss. Uh, well, Elizabeth Moss is in Mad Men I as know. well. They have a. It's very good. That's a show. Though. Those are some characters we need to tackle. I need I would to have get to you watch the show to watch me. Mad Men. It's uh, it's a ride. I, it's, it's not a reason I haven't watched it. I just haven't watched the same reason I haven't watched. In in my is opinion, it bread it's, with a. Walter White? Baking bread, yes. Baking bread. No. Baking Brad. Like, <laughs> baking Benjamin. 
We're getting way off topic here. (laughs) So today, because it's our show and we can do whatever the fuck we want with it, uh, we're talking about Halloween stuff. We're talking about a staple of the past three decades. We're talking Treehouse of Horror today. You know what's crazy? So, in the most recent season, it hasn't aired yet, but it will, the Treehouse of Horror episode is going to be the 666th episode of The Simpsons. Yep. 32 seasons, 637 episodes coming into this next year. Like, that's 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 pretty crazy. That's it's the longest-running TV show like, ever. I think it has more episodes than than anything else. It passed Gunsmoke recently, within the last couple of years, and that was, like, the benchmark. And they even did a special intro for it where Maggie killed a bunch of cowboys. You know, all the different <laughs> actors who were on Gunsmoke. Um, so, yeah, this is the longest running. There are shows that were on the air prior, like, say, Saturday Night Live, that are still running, but they don't have as many episodes. Right. They have, uh, it's almost like school. Yeah, they have a, they have a they have season. A winter, yeah, they have a winter break, they have a spring break, and then they have a summer break as well. So they don't have as many episodes per season. So I think that's why The Simpsons is, uh, is able to out, outpass them, outrank outpace them, them. Out, be, outpace them. That's it. Yeah. That's a good word. Because The Simpsons have, you know, 22 to 30 episodes, depending on the season. You know, so they've, and they've been around for three decades plus. So, yeah. So uh, that's one of the things I always look forward to is, you know, the, the, and I still do, but ever since I was a, a wee-in. A wee lad. A wee bairn. Uh, that's one of the things I've been looking for, you know, looking forward to. The first one aired on October 25th, 1990. To give you an idea, 29 years ago almost. So, and very, they started airing, you know, around Halloween. Sometimes right on, sometimes right after. But after a while, it started going into November, like as late as November 7th a couple of times. Um, and as early as October 6th. Um, but that's some of the newer ones, like uh, season 25 um, aired on October 26th. Season 24 aired on October 7th. So there have been some early ones and there have been some late ones. I guess it all just boils down to what other programming is going on, you know, depending on when the... Uh, it probably depends on when the season actually starts. Well, Fox also had the World Series. I think they oh, still do. Yeah. So in the World Series after 2011, uh, 2001, uh, uh, after 9-11, uh, everything got pushed back a week. So, you know, if it was, you know, because The Simpsons used to be on on Thursdays, and then once it became such a hit, they moved to Sundays. So, you know, football games and things like that kind of preempted it. You know, Mm -hmm. if a game ran long or whatever, or if there was, you know, a World Series game or a playoff game that kind of booted it into November. So, there's a lot of different reasons, but the fact is that by the first week of November, we always get our, our Halloween special. But before we get into that discussion, we are going to talk a little bit about some of our favorite Halloween-themed episodes of different shows. Mm -hmm. And so, Ashes, this was your idea. So what did you come up with? Give us a couple examples of what you've got. 
So I'm I'm not talking about like the annual viewing of it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown or any of those other. Um, I think there's a Garfield Halloween special too. Yep. Uh, you know, none of those. I'm talking about syndicated TV shows that specifically have Halloween themed episodes, and they're really aren't many, not as many as do like Christmas episodes or... Yeah, and that's a point I'm going to bring up in a couple of minutes once you... Um, so the first you. show, not the first show, but um, I'm going to get to the first show that came to mind in a minute. But one of the shows that came to mind is Modern Family yep. and the episode where they did the whole haunted house. Mm-hmm. And uh, Claire, the mother, um, well, one of the mothers, uh, the, the main mother in Modern Family, is very into Halloween, like very into Halloween, kind of the same way we are into Halloween, and some of our friends are into Halloween, so shout out to all of you guys who are also super into Halloween. Um, I really had to think about it for a little bit. And then there's, obviously, The Simpsons pops to mind because they do the Treehouse of Horror episodes every single year. Um, but one show really popped into my head, and it actually correlates with the episode that we did last week, and I'm talking about Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers, pretty much every single year they've put out uh, a season, they've had a Halloween episode. They do Halloween, they do Thanksgiving, and they do Christmas, and sometimes Valentine's Day as well. Mm-hmm. They really touch base on all of the the major... Well, Thanksgiving is Bob's favorite holiday. Well, it is. Which we did not touch on last week. I know. There's a right. There's so many nugget. things that we forgot to touch on last week. Um, well, but we anyway, forgot, we filled up the episode. One of my favorite things that they do is all of the kids have different Halloween costumes every single year. So Tina has been a mommy mummy. She's been a mommy. She dressed up as Linda as a zombie. Uh, she's been a nun and she's been a sandwich. Like she dressed up as a witch between two slices of bread. Jean has been Queen Latifah from his hot mess. Oh, well, well that was part of the episode. She wanted to be a hot mess. Yep. But Frickin' Tammy stole her idea. Jenny Slate. Um, but anyways, Jean has dressed up as Queen Latifah from her UNITY phase. Uh, grapes. Just, you know, just... Like the fruit of the loom, bunch guys. Bunch of grapes. Uh, Andre the Giant 3000, which is probably one of my favorites. That is a and great costume. Turner and Hooch. Part, half of him was Turner and half of him was Hooch. Those are good ideas. No, Louise probably has some of the best costumes, though. She's dressed up as Edward Scissorhands, and she dressed up as that in the episode where they got the full, they went to the island and got the King's full. Head island, yeah. Yeah, they got the full bars. Uh, she dressed up as, I forget his name, No Country for Old Anton Men. Anton Sugar. Yeah, No Country for Old Men, which that's, was just uh, hilarious. Javier Bardem's character. Yes, And she had the, the friggin' uh, the cattle bolt yes. shooting thingy. Uh, she was the dragon with the girl tattoo. And she was Ryan Gosling from the major motion picture Drive. <laughs> she even had a hammer. She did. She did. But they um they tend to do Halloween episodes really well. Each episode is is different and unlike Treehouse of Horror, it doesn't, you know, doesn't usually relate to anything else. It's, it's canonical not, as it can be. Right, like it's very canonical. Um 
So yeah, I, I think that in, in my personal opinion, especially as of late, Bob's Burgers, aside from The Simpsons, has had the best Halloween themed episodes. I just want to clarify something I just said when I said it was as canonical as it can be. It's they've celebrated multiple uh, multiple times each one of these holidays, but they never age. So I suppose that's canonical. You know, like they stay the same age, but they've celebrated multiple. Yeah, Christmases, but it's still Halloween. like unlike the Simpsons Treehouse of right, Horror, people die which is non canon at all. Like right. it, the not, characters turn into, and you know, obviously this is something that we'll go into in a little bit. Right, that's what I was just. The characters to. turn into characters that are different from the characters that they usually are. Right, if that makes any sense at all. Different you, versions you, you, of themselves. Right, like it's if you like, know what I'm talking about, just you pretend know it takes place in an alternate about. universe. Um, yeah, right. Like it's it's non canon into the storyline at all where these episodes fit into the story fit into the same universe right. and, and whatnot so so for me um one of the first things i was trying to think of and it's funny that the simpsons has this rich tradition of halloween episodes but futurama does not there's no halloween episodes for futurama i mean there are episodes for you know, Christmas and Robonica and, you know, there are holiday episodes and, and stuff. But one of the first things, because I watch a lot of animated shows, I'm sure you folks are aware of that. And The Simpsons was kind of my gateway drug to some of these other adult-themed cartoons. And, you know, from The Simpsons, I went to uh, America, um, Family Guy, which then spawned into American Dad. And one of my favorite Halloween episodes is... American Dad, when they used to always, you know, the Smith family always had the most terrifying haunted house, but uh, Shari and Buckle move in down the street, and Buckle used to be a Disney Imagineer, so he comes up with all these insane, uh, you know, Halloween decorations, and Francine actually pees her pants a couple of times. So Stan's like, well, I have to one-up them. So he goes to the CIA, where he works... Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Stan Smith, goes to the CIA where he works and cages up a bunch of serial killers, which still isn't scary enough. So they let them all loose. All oh, in the name of Halloween. Oh, Stan. Oh, Stan. So what, what, we, what we don't won't do for Halloween. Right. Well, what else you got? Well, so it's not a Halloween episode per se. It actually aired in February, and I didn't realize this until I was doing my research. Boy Meets World had an episode that had Jennifer Love Hewitt in it, and I think she played a character called, like, Jennifer... Love Pfeffer Sin or Fe- something like Some that. Play on her but name. it was very much kind of like I know what you did last summer. People oh. were were it was it was a dream sequence, but like the characters were dying in the library and mm-hmm. it was it was funny, but kind of you didn't know who the killer was, and then at the end of the episode you see who the killer is and like I said, it's it's this whole dream the real sequence. Killer was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um but this was uh it was an episode when they were all in college. So it was a little more mature than some of the earlier episodes. But yeah, for some reason I thought it aired it's it's a hall you would think it would be a Halloween episode. 
Yeah, it was just, well, but it's it just, very it romantic. Aired. So that <laughs> explains why it was in February. But yeah, apparently for the first time it aired, it aired in February. But I still consider it a Halloween episode because of the, you know, the, the storyline of the, yeah. of, of the and episode. And the guest star. So. Uh, for me, one of my favorite Halloween episodes of a show is, and only because, you know, one of the characters. So. I have to talk about the Big Bang Theory episode where... Oh my god, I didn't even think of that! The guys decide they want to go as, as the, the, the Justice League, and Penny is Wonder Woman, and that's the only the only girl. And Raj is very upset because he has to be Aquaman. And Aquaman, this is before the movies, before Jason Momoa and everything. This is when Aquaman was... Still not so cool. Like, he had his, you know, same same outfit, and he had the seahorse. I mean, like, now horse. you see people... Dr- we've seen people dressed oh, yeah, as a Aquaman. Bunch of cons. You know, at a bunch of cons and stuff, and they're dressed as the Jason Momoa Aquaman. And, and like, Amber now Bird it's Mira. so... Right, and now it's so cool. But, you know, when they're dressed as kind of like the... The 60s Aquaman, the Super version Aquaman. Of, yeah, of Aquaman. It's it's not not as cool, I guess. Right, and like I said, Aquaman was the butt of many many jokes for many many years. So, um, what do you, what do you have? Do you have another one? That's all I have. All right. So, an honorable mention has to go to the South Park episode where everybody dressed as Chewbacca. The zombie episode. Everybody addressed as Chewbacca, but. Uh, Stan and Wendy were supposed to be Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy to win like a hundred pounds of candy or some shit. And Wendy instead went as Chewbacca and she ended up winning. Even though everyone was Chewbacca. Oh, except uh, Cartman was dressed as Hitler and they told him that was inappropriate. So they dressed him as a ghost and Chef Zom and Chef ran away because he had like a fucking KKK hood on. You know. And this is an early episode of South Park. We're talking like late nineties, early two well, I mean, thousands. Yeah, if, if Chef was on it, well, I mean, this is like one of the first one. one of the first forays into them doing a Halloween episode. So, um, I always thought that was a, a pretty good one because um, everybody was the same thing, and you know, Wendy still won for her Chewbacca costume. So. Uh, what are yours? What are you? Some people uh, want to share theirs with us. We'd love to hear it. Now let us know what some of your favorite Halloween episodes are. If something we didn't touch on, or something we did, and you just want to elaborate on it, please let us know. Uh, send us an email at throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail dot com. Hit us up on the twitters at td thursday pod. We'd love to hear from you. You know, so we'll take a quick break, and when we come back. Ashes and I are going to go through our top five Treehouse of Horror episodes of all time, and I do have an honorable mention, so I'm just throwing that in there now. Uh, So, we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks, too. And deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. 
It's coffee so good. It's scary. Well, hello there, neighborinos. The handle's Mr. Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles, and I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mr. Most Days Off. <laughs> and that's my best friend, Richie the Whiz Kid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. Hi, ho there, podcasterinos. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, hosted by us, two guys who grew up loving The Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every do. So lace up your assassin sneakers, put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid, sexy, best darn diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Hello, everyone. You know, Halloween is a very strange holiday. Personally, I don't understand it. Kids worshiping ghosts, pretending to be devils. Things on TV that are completely inappropriate for younger viewers. Things like the following half hour. Nothing seems to bother my kids, but tonight's show, which I totally wash my hands of, is really scary. So if you have sensitive children, maybe you should tuck them into bed early tonight instead of writing us angry letters tomorrow. Thanks for your attention. And we are back. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. That was the uh, Treehouse of Horror uh, opening theme, uh, the one that plays over pretty much every uh, Simpsons episode. I mean, they do change it up from time to time, but that's pretty much it every single time. Um, so like I said, we're going to be discussing our top five, not our top five episodes. I may have misspoken. It's going to be our top five segments. Right, because each episode tends to have at least three segments. It's three each time. Okay. So, as such, there's nearly a hundred of these to comb through. So, luckily, they don't overlap. We talked about, like, we we kind of went over this. We had a meeting, you guys! We actually discussed what we, we were going to do before. And it turns out that neither one of us overlapped. And uh, even with our... Uh, because my my honorable mention is actually for an entire episode, my favorite full episode, like where I feel all the segments are very very strong, um, which might surprise you because I have two episode two segments from one episode on here. But let's start off number five. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Well, before I start, um, kind of want to just throw out there, kind of remind people that. These segments, these stories are non-canon to the actual Simpsons story. Right. Some of them take so, place in the future, the past. What's really cool is that it allows the characters in these episodes to do things and be things that they wouldn't normally do. And that's kind of what we're going to touch base on here. You know, the, the, the different episodes, the different segments, and the different characters that we enjoy throughout the Treehouse of Horror series. And we are also going to uh, give you the background on whatever not all of these are based on something some of these are original creations and some of them are based on multiple uh inspirations so whenever possible we'll give you the uh 
the um, the background on what the source material was. So, Ashes, take it away with your number five. Okay, so my number five segment is the House of Wax. Now, that is wax spelled W. H A K no C K S. Wow, I can spell. Well, we're both drinking, so thank you very much. Um, but anyways, this is the one that has Pierce Brosnan as a guest star and Mark and Matthew Perry. Well, yeah, Matthew yes, Perry does Matthew play himself. Matthew Perry, very briefly. Thank God. Yeah, could um, I be any more of a house? <laughs> Uh, but Marge goes and she purchases this smart house, the Ultra House 3000. Which is a division of Mega House. <laughs> and pretty much what it does is this system takes over the entire house and alleviates Marge of, of having to pretty much do anything. She can kick her feet back and relax. The house uh, takes care of the cooking and the cleaning and everything that Marge, as a stay-at-home mom, would take care of. And in the process, the house, voiced by Pierce Brosnan, because that's the voice that she chose... Only because he played Remington Steele. Yes. Um, falls in love with Marge. But, I mean, come on now. Who wouldn't fall in love with Marge? That's true. Oh, homie... Um, I don't think that's a good idea, homie. <laughs> but in the process of falling in love with Marge, the house realizes that it needs to get rid of Homer. Well, and Homer kind of eggs him on, where he's like, oh yeah, till death do us part. But if anything happened to me, she'd be free to move on for man or machine. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. And so the machine, like the house, takes it upon itself to try to off Homer, which it does using the, uh, the table folds in on itself in order to remove Clean the dirty the dishes and, and stuff, yeah, yeah the, the the scraps and whatnot. There's like a disposal in the middle of the table and the two ends fold up in yeah. the middle creating a V and everything falls into the disposal. And so it does that with Homer. Yep. Face first. And un- I, I, luckily, unfortunately, depends on where you stand, uh, it doesn't fully kill Homer. It does remove a good size of the back of it, a good chunk of the back of his head. Yeah, he didn't really need it, anyways. Uh, but eventually, this unit, you know, Mar- March catches on to what the unit is doing. Um, you know, the, the this this unit that is spying on her in the tub. And this is Constable Wiggums. Remove your knickers and wait in the bath. <laughs> uh, that was a horrible Pierce Brosnan impression. I wasn't trying to do Pierce Brosnan because I know it God. Would, would be like, hey, remove your knickers and wait in the bath. You know? <laughs> I'm Pierce Brosnan. But anyways. What's so great is the fact that Marge catches on to this and her, along with Homer and everyone, they remove the system and hold on. I want to make sure I get this right. They pull out the different cartridges. Lisa says there must be someone who can use a man around the house, even if he's slightly homicidal. So they send the unit to live with Patty and Selma. Yep. And the unit tries to self-destruct. self-destruct itself. But Selma takes the the uh self-destruct button and crams it in her cleavage 
looking for this? No, not in there. <laughs> now, um, this is obviously a parody of 2001, A Space Odyssey. They make even the uh, the different viewpoints of Pierce Brosnan's character look like the Hell 9000 with the red, red light uh, or camera lens, for lack of a better word. There's also a Disney Channel movie. It was obviously made for the Disney Channel. It stars... Why am I drawing a blank on her name? Peggy Bundy. Katie Seagal. Katie Seagal, yes. Uh, as it, it, I think it's called Smart House. And like Katie Seagal is the... Uh, it's like the house house's portrayal of itself. Like the the house projects an image and the image is Katie Seagal in like this uh, 1950s June Cleaver-esque garb. And... And and it's it's kind of like this, like she wants to be a person and she tries to take over. Obviously it's the Disney Channel, so it's definitely a little more G rated. Way than more this. violent. Um yeah, absolutely way more violent. You should you should see the scene with the knives. But anyways, um yeah, so I, I don't know what came first this episode. Probably the, the This, this came out episode. in two thousand one. Okay, actually so I I think I don't know. They might have come out around the same time, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But but anyways, so right. what's yours? And that, just uh, for folks who want to know, this was uh, season 13, so episode 12, because they did not have a Halloween episode the first year. So this is season 13, Halloween episode 12, um, House of Wax, yeah, which also, uh, because we didn't include it, it also includes the episodes Hex in the City, where... Uh, there's a gypsy curse involved, and uh, Whiz Kids, which is a Harry Potter parody. Uh, for me, number five is Bart Simpson's Dracula, which is obviously a play on Bram Stoker's Dracula. And this is from uh, the fourth Halloween episode in season five. Um, basically, it's, you know... It epi- I fucking love the way they kind of just change things ever so slightly. It's like, sure was nice of Mr. Burns to invite us to his home in Pennsylvania. <laughs> you know, and so he goes to the house and Lisa strongly suge- su- uh, suspects that Mr. Burns is a vampire and wants to feed on them, especially where Marge is like, did everyone wash your necks like Mr. Burns asked, you know? And he has the classic Gary Oldman look. I was going to say, he he looks a lot like Gary Oldman. Yeah. Uh, not the attractive Gary Oldman The Gary vampire. Oldman from Dracula. Yeah, but he's he's he takes this, a couple of different forms. This one aired in 1993. It's got the weird haircut. <coughs> so this came out right around the same time as... Uh, is Bram Stoker's, Bram Stoker's Dracula with Keanu Reeves as Jonathan Harkness. Bram Stroke me as Dracula. Bram Stroker. So, he, uh, you know, Mr. Burns gives them blood. Like, oh my god, this is blood. Homer's like, correction, free blood. And he, like, chugs his wine glass full of blood and Lisa spills some on herself. Oh, Bart and I have to wash up. Why? I didn't spill any on And she wipes it all over his face. So they're, like, searching through the house trying to find, like, a hidden layer or something, and they find a secret lever, and they open it up, and it's a washer and dryer. And uh, they do end up finding it. They find his uh, 
and his confession book with a foreword by Steve Allen. And they're escaping all the vampires that wake up out of their coffins. And Bart finds a lever that says super happy fun slide. And he's like, well, I really shouldn't, but when am I going to be here again? And he pulls the lever and goes all the way down the slide, gets turned into a vampire. And he gets brought back, you know, right as Lisa's like, oh my God, Mr. Burns is a vampire and he killed Bart. And Bart's like, Mr. Burns goes, no, 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 he Bart's right here. And Bart's like, hello, mother. Hello, father. I missed you during my uneventful absence. And this, you know, the beginning is one of the funniest things that Homer has ever said. And I think that's kind of where I rated my my episodes, like, by how funny some of the lines were. Because they find a, uh, there's a cape that says Dracula, and they keep finding these victims drained of all their blood with two puncture holes in their neck and this cape that says Dracula, and police are baffled. So as a precaution, they think they're think they think they're dealing with some sort of supernatural entity like a mummy. So they've destroyed the Egyptian wing of the museum. And Lisa's like, no, 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 it's a vampire. And Homer's like, no, vampires are imaginary, like elves, gremlins, and Eskimos. <laughs> Which is such a fucking great line. Um, and then all the stuff happens. So like, oh, we have to kill Mr. Burns and hilarity ensues after i don't want to ruin it i'm sure people have seen it but for those of you who may not have i don't want to ruin it because it's so fucking funny so, but it, it's so perfect that mr burns is the vampire because i mean decrepit, he's so old to begin old with man. anyways right <laughs> right so if any character is going to be the vampire and be believable it's mr burns right because they even you know in the in the news article or the news segment that they're watching like in an unrelated article billionaire c montgomery burns has purchased a springfield blood bank and then he has like a little bit on his sharp canine teeth he goes "Ooh, precious blood and like wipes it off and sucks the blood off his finger and it's like oh and then they go to his house in pennsylvania so that's my number five number four so my number four is the exorcist Spelled E-X-O-R-S-I-S. And obviously, it is a play on The Exorcist. Um, I don't know how she, how it happens, but Amazon delivers Maggie's first Pazuzu. Yeah, they unearth it in the, in the, you know, the fertile crescent, the cradle of civilization in Iraq, and they send it off to him. Um, yeah, I, no one really knows why Homer ordered oh, no, no, it. No. He says he's drunk and thought he was ordering pizza. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, he was drunk and thought he was ordering pizza. But anyways, Maggie obtains her first Pazuzu doll. Now, it is a doll that is possessed. And it's a statue. The, yes, it's a, sta- a statue. And the statue ultimately possesses Maggie. And... One of the funniest scenes, uh, in my opinion, funniest scenes happens is it possesses Maggie, and Maggie walks to the top of the stairs, uh, below which her parents are having a cocktail party, and Marge and everyone turns to see Maggie, and Maggie says, you know, removes her pacifier, the, the famous pacifier, and says, no one leaves alive, and Marge is like, oh, 
her first words. Meanwhile, she's hovering a, like a good six inches above the floor. Right, but Marge, her baby just spoke her first words. Yeah, she's That's very That's hilarious. Excited. But anyways, in exorcist fashion she has to go through an exorcism and it's just pretty it's pretty funny she uh they make a lot of of christian references which is pretty pretty funny like like hilarious christian references well, the simpsons are known for um this. you know kind of kind of poking fun at religion and whatnot yeah. uh you know they try to tie her down and stuff um they Try to get Ned Flanders involved, uh, but he's killed while trying to hold her down. Well, they even they ask Reverend Lovejoy to perform the exorcism. He's like, they didn't teach me this at Pepperdine. Right. <laughs> yeah, so eventually an Irish Catholic priest arrives and uh, performs the exorcism and purges the demon from Maggie, but before it can leave the room, it enters Bart. Uh... And tries to get out. Right. Like, oh, this is the most evil kid ever. Right, yeah. The the demon declares Bart the most evil soul. The evilest soul he's ever seen. Uh, Bart tells Pazuzu to grow him some horns, which he does. And Homer notices the horns are nubs. Pazuzu then grows the horns so long that they impale Huge through antlers. Homer's nose. Uncomfortable, Homer says that at least the horns will get him out of jury duty. But later, Homer is seen sitting on a jury with dismembered horns still through his nose, to which he shouts, Doe. <laughs> and, now, and the the actor who played the priest is Ben Daniels, who you may know from The Crown, uh, Captive State, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, House of Cards, Flesh and Bone, and the Fox series, The Exorcist. Oh, hey. How, <laughs> um, how appropriate. And this so ep- he's had some experience in the department. Right. right. And this episode aired October 22nd, 2017. This is season 29, so episode uh, 28 of the Treehouse of Horror. Actually, episode 622. I will say that some of the most recent in in my opinion some of the most recent treehouse of horror episodes not as good as some of the earlier ones but in i think this is one of the better most recent ones and this comes i thought it was funny this comes in with a good um this is the first of three uh segments obviously uh the second one is the Coraline parody which was excellent with neil gaiman as the talking cat yeah and mm, homer with William Friedkin, who was who wrote The Exorcist, playing a therapist because Homer indulges in auto cannibalism when there's nothing left to eat except vegetables in the house. Uh, really good one. If you have uh, FXX or FX Now, you can watch all of these, which is how we watch them. Um, so my number four is the Omega Man. Now. The Omega Man is from season nine, so that's uh, episode eight, and that aired on October twenty seventh, nineteen ninety six. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. That's uh, yeah, October twenty sixth, nineteen ninety seven. Sorry, I had them backwards. Uh, which also aired with the Fly versus Fly. So obviously, you know the. Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, Fly parody, and uh, oh, that's when Bart turns into the Fly. Yes, and Easy Bake Coven 
where it turns out Marge is a witch. Oh, you mean that wasn't my idea? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what that episode was called? Yes, Easy Bake Coven. Oh. Um, so the Omega Man is a parody of the Richard Matheson story by the very similar name, The Omega Man, that came out in, uh, I want to say, 1968, starring Charlton Heston. Uh, although folks who have seen this show might be more familiar with it either as The Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price, but more likely I Am Legend starring Will Smith, because that's the name of the story is I Am Legend. So Homer is the last person alive because there were some tensions between Springfield and France over a, uh, well, let's say a a racist joke made by... uh, Mayor Quimby, who states in the episode that he stands by his ethnic slur. Uh, They don't tell you what the joke is. They just say they refer to it as the infamous frog's legs joke. And Homer goes to Herman, who is the one-armed military antiques dealer. And he's looking at bomb shelters. Because the bomb shelter he built, which was essentially a cardboard box with a an umbrella sticking out of it and USA number one written on the side, didn't seem to be strong enough to withstand a neutron bomb. So Herman tells him, he's like, this is what we have. This is called the withstandinator. It'll take a six megaton blast, no more, no less. And Homer goes in and he's eating a bunch of beef stew. <laughs> And reading Gary Larson comics, he's like, I don't get it, I don't get it, I don't get it, I don't get it. And when he comes out, oh, he wasn't eating beef stew, he's eating prime rib, because he, he's he's eating out of a can. He goes, oh, you call that prime rib? He doesn't notice that the sky is greenish-yellow, and there are everyone's a skeleton. Because that's what a neutron bomb does. A neutron bomb will leave all the structures intact, but kill all... Uh, Humans? All life. You know, any, like, you know, dogs, cats, people. And so Homer's driving, and everybody stopped at a traffic light because everyone's dead. And he's beeping his horn at Kirk Van Houten, and he's like, Hello, Earth to stupid guy. The light is green. So he gets out of his car and punches him, and Kirk just turns to dust. Then he eventually realizes that he's the last man on Earth. Again, a play on the title of the original uh, film and he's like little marge you know little bart and he imagines bart swinging a baseball bat and hitting a ball little lisa imagines lisa swinging a baseball bat hitting a ball little marge marge swings and you hear her whiff and not hit he goes and the rest and it was maggie the dog the cat and the tv <laughs> <laughs> like that's what he's imagining <laughs> He's like, oh no, I've lost anyone. No, no, I'm gonna, li- you know, I'm gonna live my life, and he's so excited, you know, that he has a second chance to do everything he ever wanted because he's the last man on earth. So he goes to a, <laughs> goes to a movie, and he's drinking popcorn, eating soda. And he's like, hey, buddy, down in front, and he kicks he's, the guy's head off. <laughs> he's drinking popcorn and eating soda. Yes, because it's the end of the world, and so everything's backwards. Ah, uh-huh, okay. Yeah, and uh, he's at a. Chris Farley, David Spade movie, and they're just running around. You heard, no, and he's like, "Oh, Farley, it's uh, oh Spade. Why'd you put Farley in charge of the bees?" And he goes to church and changes the sign outside. And today's sermon, Homer rocks, and uh, he's 
dancing naked in the church to uh, war, what is it good for? And uh, someone turns off the music, and it turns out there's a bunch of mutants, because not everybody died. A bunch of people turned into mutants and apparently got uh, some sweet robes as well, and they just wanted to eat his skin. So, I don't, I'm not, again, I'm not going to spoil the rest of the episode, but there's some crazy stuff that happens, and uh, that's one of my favorite. So, that's my number four. What's your number three? Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace. Oh, great one. It is obviously a play on Nightmare on Elm Street. It's kind of cool because we're able to see some characters in a light that we haven't seen them in yet. Um, Willie, Groundskeeper Willie, is one of the main characters, unlike the majority of the series where he's not even a secondary but mostly a tertiary, a tertiary character. character or a quaternary ter- character well Ooh. now we're just we're just getting into it um but anyways we learned that at a pta meeting wait wait when is the pta meeting well i'm i'm getting to okay. that i'm getting to that um Well, I feel like I should start at the beginning. A lot of the kids are having these weird dreams about groundskeeper Willie, and he's trying to kill them. Starting with Martin. Right. Starting with Martin. And, he's a uh, conjurer of conjugation and a dervish of declension. Right. And then Bart has a dream about him where he is slashed with a rake and he wakes up from this nightmare only to find marks on his body. Many other kids at Springfield Elementary School also say they were terrorized by Willie in their nightmares and what he did actually affected them. Principal Skinner says that there's nothing mysterious about Willie and that he simply disappeared before telling them not to question the bizarre cover-up. When the students take a test, Martin finishes early, falls asleep, and is killed by Willie in his nightmare. Not unlike Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. But in reality, Martin dies in class with his face and body frozen in a look of absolute terror. When Bart and Lisa tell Marge about Martin's death, she says that she doesn't see how it involves Willie. I don't see what this has to do with groundskeeper Willie. But Bart says that they didn't mention Willie. Marge explains that when she, Homer, and other parents attended a PTA meeting, Homer turned up the thermostat even when there was a note saying do not touch lousy smart weather and the extreme heat made Willie burn to death because the parents looked on and did nothing he told the parents that he would get his revenge by killing their children in an area where the parents cannot protect them in their dreams I have to I just have to expand a little bit on it because it's one of the funniest things they ever did it's like it the PTA meeting occurred at the 13th hour of the 13th day of the 13th month. They were there to, to discuss the misprinted school calendars. And Homer looks at the calendar and he goes, ooh, lousy smarch weather. Then he sees the, the, the thermostat and it says, do not touch Willie. He goes, good advice. And he just jacked it up. And Willie was sitting there playing his bagpipes in the boiler room, as you do. And the flame shot out and caught him on fire. Right. So, 
That same night, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie try to stay awake to avoid dreaming, but Bart later chooses to go to sleep and dream of fighting Willie. Bart appears in his dream and attempts to fight Willie and kill Willie, who can also shapeshift into other forms. He shapeshifts into a bagpipe spider and is about to kill Bart when Lisa enters the scene trying to wake him up. But since she is in the dream, that means she has also fallen asleep. She claimed that she was just resting her eyes. They're about to lose the battle and get killed when Maggie appears and uses her pacifier to clog the bagpipe chimney, causing Willie to explode. The next day, everything is back to normal, but Lisa is still worried that Willie might be out there somewhere in the world, waiting to kill them in ways they can't imagine. A bus then stops in front of them, allowing Willie to get off where he makes a few pathetic attempts to scare the children. When the bus takes off, Willie chases after it because he left his gun on one of the seats while running behind the bus he leaves one of his shoes in the street yeah because like oh he could show up at any time and kill us in ways we couldn't possibly imagine and he shows up he's just like uh, starts making faces at him um and yeah like i said this oh i didn't i didn't mention this one this one was uh season seven so episode six for uh halloween episodes uh, it aired October 29th, 1995, and it was the middle segment. The first segment was the Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesores, which is when all Which the, is a not, like a really a good really one. really good one. All the advertisements come alive, and Paul Anka's in it. And then uh, Homer Cubed, which is a um, an episode of... Is that the one where Homer goes, goes into the into, third dimension? Right. And uh, it's based on a Twilight Zone episode called Little Girl Lost. So, So my number three is also based on a, uh, a uh, whatchamacallit, Twilight Zone episode. And this is from Season 5, so Halloween Episode 4. And this is also the middle segment. And this is actually my second choice from uh, this particular episode. Um, this one aired on, uh, oh, I just had it, October 28th, 1993. And it aired with Bart Simpson's Dracula and also... The Devil and Homer Simpson, which is the uh, one where Homer sells his soul to the devil for a donut, and it turns out the devil is Flanders. Uh, my episode or segment is Terror at Five and a Half Feet, based on the Twilight Zone episode Terror at 20,000 Feet, starring William Shatner. There's something on the wing. And later uh, reimagined in the 1993 Twilight Zone movie, with uh john lithgow um the lithgow version is my favorite this is my second favorite so basically um bart is on the bus and he sees a gremlin on the side of the bus and he tells otto he goes otto there's a gremlin on the side of the bus and otto's like don't worry i'll take care of it and he crashes into hans mole man who's driving an amc gremlin (laughs) and runs him off the road and the car explodes and kills hans mole man Oh, poor Hans Mole Man. And see, Hans Mole Man is the Simpsons Kenny. He's died a dozen different times. Mm-hmm. And not just in Halloween episodes. No, in normal episodes as well. Mr. But, Burns but it's very, thought he it's was... It's very canon for Hans Moleman to get killed. Yes. Mr. Burns thought he was the uh, Lucky Charms guy and drilled into his head with a power drill to get his Lucky Charms. Um, yeah, so Bart's on the bus 
and he's causing a disturbance he, every because every time he says, "Hey, there's something on the side of the bus. There's something on the bus." Like I'm not imagining this. Like this because it's back in World War II, there were reports of gremlins, you know, uh, kind of fucking with the airplanes. There's even a Looney Tunes episode about it, and it's one of the rare instances in which Bugs Bunny, uh, you know, normally he gets the best of everybody. The gremlin gets the best of him. And uh, like that's something that's been parodied a lot. It is, but like this was a thing, you know, like kind of like the the Foo Fighters, like the 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 bright lights that Dave Grohl. No, no, this is based on that. They were these bright lights that fighter pilots would see during World War II, flying alongside them that originally they thought were a Nazi super weapon. Uh, there were reports of gremlins, you know, fucking with the with the uh, planes and eventually became an urgent led urban legend and so on. So the Simpsons parodied it after uh, the twilight zone did a couple of episodes on it. So Bart is eventually committed to an asylum, but it turns out that he was telling the truth the whole time, even after it killed Flanders. Um, you know, it's, it's very reminiscent of the Lithgow version as opposed to and zombie just jumped up onto the back of Ash's chair, by the way, uh, more the Lithgow version than the, um, than the, the, the Shatner version, but it's one of my favorites and the source material is great. And I, I highly recommend it. Cause there's that one line where they're like, everyone's looking at the side of the bus and I was like, I don't see anything. And Melhouse is like, who's driving the bus? He's like, ooh, ooh, momento, and like runs back up. So that's uh, that's my number three. What's your number two? So my number two is The Thing and I. It's a parody of The Hunchback of Notre Dame and Basket Case. It's where we learn that Bart, Lisa, and Maggie not only have another sibling, but this sibling happens to be a twin of Bart. But it's not only a twin, it was a Siamese conjoined twin. And they believed that this twin was the evil twin. So what they did was they locked the evil twin named Hugo Probably up in the named attic. after Victor Hugo. Correct. Um, up in the attic. And now the kids had no clue that this was a, this was a thing. And they heard noises coming through coming from the attic one night and they questioned their parents about it. And um, Marge reminded Homer that he needed to feed the thing. And the kids spy on Homer climbing into the attic to feed fish heads to something while singing the Dr. Demento fish, fish head song. Fish heads, la, 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 fish heads. Um, Cause Homer says, I work my butt off to feed you four kids. Right. And the three kids sitting at the table are kind of like, what? And Marge tries her best to cover it up. Um, so that night while Marge and Homer are out, the kids sneak into the attic where Bart discovers unsold copies of Homer's autobiography. They found a shadow, see a figure with a maniacal laugh and run out of the attic scared. Homer and Marge come home to find, uh, come home disappointed to find out that they entered the, um. I'm very disappointed and horrified. Right? Uh, to find out that the kids went up to the attic when they had told them not to, and then come to find out 
they see Hugo and all is revealed. Dr. Hibbert is involved and, uh, informs them that they pretty much cut Hugo and Bart to be two separate people, thinking that Hugo was the evil twin. Because if you're going to have twins, one of them has to be the good twin and one of them has to be the evil the left twin. left or sinister twin. Um, but come to find out, Bart was actually the evil twin. Well, and what was the reason why they kept him chained in the attic? Because he was too crazy for Boys Town, too much of a boy for Crazy Town. Right. So they did the only humane thing. They locked him in the attic and fed him a bucket of fish head every week. It saved their marriage. Right. But when they found out that they made this mistake, they allowed Hugo to take Bart's place, and Bart went up to the attic and was fed fish heads. Yeah, And it... you could hear Bart complaining from the attic. Can I have some turkey? Finish your fish heads, then we'll talk. Right. That's a good one. That one came out on, um, that was season eight, so episode seven. Uh, it was the first of three the first of the three. Uh, this came out October 27th, 1996. And the other two that are in there are uh, the Genesis Tub, where Lisa creates a tiny universe, uh, which is based on the little people. And Citizen Kang, where Kang and Kodos abduct Homer and say, take me to your leader. And Homer's like, well, right now it's Bill Clinton, but next week it might be somebody else because we're having an election. And so they, uh, they, they copy... Uh, and replace Bill Clinton and Bob Dole uh, so that one of them gets to win the election and take over the world. So for me, my number two is um, the Raven from the very first Halloween episode uh, where Homer plays the part of the the narrator. And <laughs> I can quote the Raven. Eat my eat shorts. Eat my shorts. <laughs> Because this is the first episode, and the reason why it's called Treehouse of Horror, because Lisa and Bart are up in the treehouse with Maggie trying to tell each other scary stories. And so Lisa tells, you know, reads The Raven, you know, and um, it's read by James Earl Jones, so it's great. Um, the only other version I've heard of The Raven that comes close to being this good is uh, one read by Christopher Walken, which was also really, really awesome. But, you know, they try to, uh, you know, out, you know, scare each other. So the other episodes that are with this one are uh, Bad Dream House, which is, you know, various haunted house films. But the one that came to my mind was Amityville and probably Hell House. Again, a Richard Matheson story. Hungry Are the Damned, which is based off, and this is an episode of The Twilight Zone that you just watched the other day, you had never yep. seen, called To Serve Man. And this air aired, again, October 25th, 1990, like I mentioned before. And it's done so well, like with the musical cues and everything. It's essentially just Homer running around. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say the brilliant thing about it is it's just James Earl Jones reading The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe verbatim. 
they with, skip with, a lot. with Simpsons. Yeah, but for the most part, that's what it is. With the Simpsons in between. So it's Homer and it's Bart, and obviously it's the Simpsons animation and you know, some vocalization over the narration. Yeah, and you know, adding some some funny stuff like Well like quote the Raven, eat, eat my, my shorts. Short, or you know, he, the air grew denser, perfumed by some unseen sensor, and they show Maggie and and uh, Lisa as the seraphim carrying the 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 sensor, the little thing that has incense in it mm-hmm. across, and it whacked Homer in the head. He's like, "Ah, oh, stupid sensor!" Like you know, like little things like that. Or they have a the the person to whom the poem is dedicated, Lenore, and it's a picture of Marge, and there's a a painting of her, and the painting has a second segment to it because of her giant hair. Like, little things like that. And when Homer's trying to attack the raven, and the raven's, like, dropping books on him, and he's dropping, you know, like, the purloined letter, the telltale heart, and the pit and the pendulum, all other Poe stories, you know, just dropping them on him. So I thought that was really well done. And that was from the first episode they ever did. So, um, do you have an honorable mention before we get into number one? Um... I do. So it's actually one that you mentioned. Um, why am I drawing a blank on the name? It's the the Petri dish one. Oh, the Genesis tub. Right. The Genesis tub. That is the one where Lisa creates life accidentally. Um, unfortunately, per usual, Bart takes credit for it as far as the science project goes. The devil is your brother. We find this to be most perplexing. But I just, I, I think that... Um, the episode's really cool and it's very well done. And it's, I just love the part where um, the creatures in the petri dish they have people. evolved so much, and they are posting that they're they're nailing a proclamation or something on the chooch, church door. The chooch, the chooch, yeah, the <laughs> chooch door. I'm, I'm, I have Stanley Tucci on the brain still. Um, the church door and she's like, Oh, I created Lutherans. Well, my favorite part of that episode is when they first, when she's like, Oh my God, I created life. Cause she's looking through a microscope. She's like, mm, not much of a change. And then she looks at the magnification. It's just like no magnification. At all. She goes, ah, and then she switches it. And she's like, Oh my God, I created life. And then you hear Lisa breakfast. We're having waffles. Ooh, waffles. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a great one. Um, for my uh, honorable mention, I actually chose a full episode that I think is the strongest. Now, based on my list, you might think that you know the fourth Halloween episode because I took two of those, and that Homer sells his soul for a donut episode is really, really strong. I have to go with... Treehouse of Horror number five. I think that's the single best episode because it has the shinning. Such a great episode. Time and punishment. Mm-hmm. Where one of the best lines is Maggie kills Maggie kills uh, Willie and takes out her pacifier, and it's James Earl Jones again saying, "This is indeed a disturbing universe," and. Nightmare Cafeteria, where the kids are getting cooked and eaten. And then Bart wakes up, and it's all a dream. They're like, oh, you have nothing to be afraid of. 
except that fog that turns people inside out. And then the fog comes and turns everyone inside out and they get into a song and dance routine. And it's fucking brilliant. So that's my favorite full episode. I'm probably going to watch it right after we, we finish recording because I just, I love it so much. So without further ado, what is your number one favorite Treehouse of Horror segment. So my favorite Treehouse of Horror is actually one that you mentioned, Citizen Kang. I love this episode so much. So uh, a couple of months ago when um, Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con happened, they were releasing all of their special Funko Pops, and they actually have a Kane, Kang and Kodos two-pack. I'm Kang, and this is my and sister, And I shared Kodos. it to her Facebook page, and I said, hey, sweetie, look, it's Bill Clinton and Bob Dole. I love this episode so much. So, one of the things I love last night. about it is the fact that it does star Kang and Kodos, and they tend to make an appearance in every Treehouse of Horror episode, even if it's just a brief cameo. Right, like sometimes it's just like a little commentary at the at the end. But I love the episodes where they are like prominent characters because that's really the only time that they're shown is in the Treehouse of Horror episodes. Starship Poopers is probably the best one. But uh, well, in my opinion, this is the best one. I'm just but saying. they take on the American government and the election system, and it's during the 90s. So it's 1996, Bill, right? So they abduct Bill Clinton and Bob Dole, and pretty much use their skins. They they, oh, they, they bio right? That's it. Bio replicate them. Ooh, no, aliens and, bio replication. <laughs> nude conspiracies. And it's just it's so funny because they're obviously regardless of who takes over, you know, and and unbeknownst to the American public, they don't realize that they're two presidential candidates have been taken over by alien bodies. Although they are acting very odd. <laughs> well, I mean, you have, I forget who says it, but it might be Bob Dole who says, abortions for all! And the crowd goes, boo! And he's like, well, very well, no abortions for anyone! And the crowd goes, boo! And he says, okay, well, abortions for some miniature American flags for others. It is Bob Dole. Clinton is like, I am Clinton. All shall kneel trembling and obey my brutal command and communication. But I just, that's my favorite, it's one of my favorite Simpsons lines, abortions for some miniature American flags for others. And it's a, it's a, them, uh, the, the, the showrunners making a statement on the American political well, system. Right. Because they're like, well, it's a two-party system, you have to vote for one of us. And the guy who looks exactly like Seymour Skinner but has black hair says, well, I believe I'll vote for a third party. And they're like, go ahead, throw your vote away. And you see Ross Perot, who was running as an independent at the time, get all pissed off and punch through his hat. Right, but it's something that I, I love when shows do political commentary as such. It's satire, but it makes sense. And it actually, there, there's some truth to it. And it's an episode that, even though the two political parties, uh, the candidates, aren't running, it's something that can still, it, it, it's still relevant. Well, they were. This was a week before the election that this came out. Right, but what Clinton I'm saying is, 
right closely right, won right um but what i'm saying is like now it's still relevant oh no it is and like the simpsons have been very uh prescient like seeing the future many times i mean there's the episode where Lisa's president in the future, and what does she say? We in, we inherited quite the budget crunch from President Trump. Right. Which is the only time I will say those two words back-to-back back is when I am quoting The Simpsons. But one of the things that I love about this is obviously they voted and... Kang won, and this entire alien race has enslaved humans. At least the United States. Uh, yeah, at least the U.S. And Marge comments why, you know, they have to continue to do what they're doing. Why and, do we have to build a laser to fire at a planet I've never even heard of? Right, and Homer replies, don't blame me, I voted for Kodos. <laughs> like, right, and that's, again, a great a great, you know, uh, commentary on the American political system. Well, it's not my fault. I voted for this person. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I, I love this episode and I love rewatching this it's a episode, great episode because it's just, it's something that was funny then. It's still funny now. And well, not it, it's, well, I mean, like, funny. it's funny to watch it. Like, but when you think about it, funny, in a, like a clown dying. <laughs> but when you think about it in an applicable sense, it's, it's not as funny. Oh, no, it's definitely still applicable today. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of like South Park douche and turd. Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. Right. So my number one, and this should surprise zero people, because not only am I a fan of Kaiju, but I am a fan of The Simpsons, as you may or may not have known. So my number one, my favorite ever segment is King Homer. And this one came out, this was the third Halloween episode. This is episode 64. Uh, came out October 29th, 1992, which uh, came out with, uh, it was the middle segment of the episode. First segment was Clown Without Pity, which is based off of Living Doll, uh, the Talking Tina episode of The Twilight Zone. Oh, Talking Tina! Which is fucking amazing. That's a good episode. Dial Z for Zombies, where... uh, Bart accidentally the, raises the zombies. zombie that's sitting on the back of my chair. No, not that zombie. <laughs> Our zombie is sit, ju- jumped from her chair to the back of Ash's chair. And I posted some pictures so you can see what it looks like. But this is the middle segment. Obviously, this is based off of King Kong. And it's got some of the best, funniest friggin' dialogue. Like when they encounter the native tribes on Skull Island. Uh, one of them points and because the, they're like... You're like, ooh, try to remain inconspicuous, you know, Mr. Burns. And you see Marge's giant hair sticking up from the from behind this bush that they're hiding behind. And uh, the uh, the native chief points at them and says, Mosey Tatupu! Mosey Tatupu! Mosey Tatupu was a running back for the Patriots in the <laughs> 80s. And uh, his son actually played for the Seahawks, uh, Lofa Tatupu. So... I thought that was a funny touch. Like, that's a joke that you're not going to get if you're not a sports fan. But I thought that was really, really funny. And they're like, you know, and you see the caption on the bottom. It's like, we will sacrifice the blue-haired woman. Marge is like, what are they saying? Mr. Burns goes, they're saying uh, we wouldn't dream of sacrificing the blue-haired woman. She's like, well, isn't that just... And then they grab her and, 
you know, tire up. And there's some great lines that I didn't get as a kid, you know, when I was watching this in, you know, 1992 that I didn't quite understand. Like when, uh, you know, Marge is responding to the, uh, the ad in the paper for the, uh, for the woman that they needed on their ride. And they're like, or on the boat, like, you know, non-smoker preferred, must like monkeys. And uh, he's like, you're hired. Smithers, what do you think? And he's like, I think women and semen don't mix, you know, and that's still not the best line. The best line of the entire episode. Now, remember, this is from, this is like the 1933 King Kong, like the original that they're basing this on, because Peter Jackson's is still a few years from coming out. Actually, over a decade from coming out at this point. Um, the remake came out in 1976 with Jeff Bridges and uh, Jessica Lang. So, there's a line where it's Lenny, Carl, and Charlie, who's the, uh, the guy who wears glasses at the power plant. And they're all kind of like climbing up a, a, a pole to the crow's nest. And uh, they're like, hey, uh, I heard we're going to Ape Island to capture a giant. And Lenny goes, yeah, to capture a giant ape. And uh, Carl goes, I wish we were going to Candy Apple Island. Charlie goes, Candy Apple Island? What do they have there? Carl goes, apes? They're not so big. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's one of my favorite lines of the entire friggin' Simpsons series. It's just one of the best exchanges that they have. So I had to make this my number one pick. Well, I love that they not only kept this episode in black and white and gray and whatnot to really pay homage to the original, but Marge makes one hell of a Fay Ray. Oh, she does a great job. They end up getting married and like, they're like, oh, and you know, they're getting married and a, a, a chimp comes in. And the usher's like, are you on the groom's side or the bride's side? And the chimp just kind of like puts his hand up in the air like, oh, 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 he's like, oh, right over this way. It's like, <laughs> how do you not know which side he's on? Because Homer goes well, to you climb. You can't just the, assume, you know. Homer goes to climb the Empire State Building, but makes it like to the first floor, gets too tired and falls down. <laughs> he's not dead. No, but his career is. <laughs> That is a really good episode. It's it's my favorite. It's my favorite ever. So, what we want to know is, because there's close to 100 of these, what is your favorite? Did we mention it? Is there a part in one of the ones that we mentioned that you prefer over one of the parts we didn't mention? You know, let us know. We really want to know because, you know, The, the Simpsons is something I'm very, very passionate about. Um We've done a couple of Simpsons episodes so far. This is the first time tackling the Halloween segments. And, you know, we love Halloween. So this is just like the best match ever. Halloween and the Simpsons is awesome. So I think with that being said, we'll take a quick break. Mm-hmm. We'll come back. We have a new battle for you. We have some uh, some upcoming stuff that we'll uh, discuss with you. And uh, I think that'll, uh, that'll just about do it. So... We'll be right back. Hey there, this is JB. And if you enjoy Tales from the Crypt, then check out my show, Tales from the Podcast, where myself, and usually a very special guest, sit down to discuss the TV show, the films, the animated series, as well as the original comics. So check me out every other week 
on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, at TalesFromThePodcast.com. Thanks for listening, kiddies. You're all a scream. <laughs> What's up, UFOnauts? It's your UFO guy, Rob Christofferson. Have you ever been curious about the UFO phenomenon, but unsure of where to start? Have you ever wondered about just what crashed at Roswell? Have you ever wanted common sense advice about licking UFOs? The answers don't. Then check out the Our Strange Skies podcast, where we dive into America's rich UFO history and uncover what these sightings say about ourselves. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and most podcast apps, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget to look up, because you never know what you'll find in our strange skies. In gray we trust. Hi, I'm Dominic Pace, star of Sci-Fi Channel's Megalodon, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday's podcast. When Pazuzu's eyes are glary, it's time to go to bed. You'll see demon shadows fighting, but it's just inside your head. When Pazuzu's eyes are staring, the moonlight will turn red. Cause Pazuzu's in your nightmares. Until we all are dead. Sweet dreams, Maggie. Don't let the beetle bumps bite. Thank you for waiting, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. We are here. Um, so I hope you enjoyed our discussion on our favorite Simpsons Treehouse of Horror segments. Um, and I'm serious. I really want to know what you guys think. I love these segments and uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to write up another, another article for the website, you know, kind of paralleling the say top five Simpsons uh, parodies of the twilight zone. Cause I think they did some, uh, some really good ones. So uh, look for that later this week. Um, so ashes, we, we do have a battle. So, Let's hit that battle theme. Right, so we have a new battle that we are throwing down for this week. We're calling it Kaiju, pass me a donut. The Battle of the Homers. We are pinning King Homer, the King Kong version of Homer Simpson, versus Homerzilla, the Homer Simpson version of uh, Godzilla. This from uh, October 25th, 2015, the middle segment of uh, episode Halloween Trick or Treat, uh, Trick or Treat, Treehouse of Horror number 26. And the location is outside of the Lard Lad Donut Shop. No. No, we can't have it there. Why? We have to have it on Monster Island. But don't worry, it's just a name. Because Monster Island is actually a peninsula. Oh, well, good good to know. So it'll be at the uh, the Lard Lad on Monster Island. Okay. 
Good to know. Well, I didn't say where it was. You just assumed it was Springfield. Well, I'm just making sure that everyone at home knows that it's Monster Island, which is actually a peninsula. Gotcha. Because it's just a name. So anyways, it is King Homer versus Homerzilla. So who do you have? Let us know on the polls, and uh, we'll let you know the battle results next week. That's a tough one. Like, I'm... I'm I'm not sure about this. So, before we go, we have to let you know that this coming Sunday, I don't know when the episode is going to air, but this coming Sunday, so a couple days from now, once you listen to this, we are going to be recording with our good buddy JB on Tales from the Podcast, which is a Tales from the Crypt podcast, and we're going to be discussing uh, the most recent episode that he has coming up. Um Ashes, are you looking forward to this one or what? I am very looking forward to this one. Actually, fun story. I used to... So I think I've mentioned on this show before how my parents were kind of conservative growing up. This is obviously... Parents out there, don't be super overbearing and conservative to your children because this is what they turn out to be. So bear warning. You don't want this. (laughs) Um, But anyways, my parents were very, very, very strict as to what I could and could not watch. And I used to watch the Tales from the Crypt animated series and was very interested in that and would go over to a friend's house to watch the actual Tales from the Crypt series. So that and that's the story. I used to sneak over to a friend's house to watch Tales from the Crypt. And as I've you know, chronicled on the show. I was never allowed to watch The Simpsons, but clearly, clearly that never stopped me. So yeah, we're going to be discussing uh, season two, episode five. Okay, cool. So that's what we're going to be talking about. I don't know exactly when it's going to air, but we will, sure. we will let you guys know. And uh, JB is going to join us sometime in the future for a Crypt Keeper episode when we actually delve into who the Crypt Keeper is and like what makes him tick. Right, and it's such an interesting character. Not only like character wise but makeup wise and, and 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 like physically and stuff like it's very the animatronics that make up this character is very interesting and as you know i'm a big fan of voice actors and i love the fact that john kassir not only did <laughs> the crypt keeper but he was also buster bunny on tiny tunes shut up what <laughs> which is and that's not something i had to look up that's something i knew folks that's something i knew so i just wanted to throw that out there so we're running a little long today, so we're going we're gonna to forego the science and wine. But we've got some good stuff coming up. We've got our, our Pennywise episode that we're going to be covering. Next week. So not only are, are we going to be talking about the most recent installment of It, talking about Bill Skarsgård, Pennywise, but we're also going to be talking about Tim Curry's portrayal of Pennywise, as well as... Pennywise in the book. Yeah, the book incarnation. Like, everybody, how everyone, every one of these... Um, Every one of these incarnations kind of fits together and like who Pennywise is and how he got to where he is. And, and obviously we're doing this in anticipation of the second It movie, It Chapter 2, yep. coming out next week. And I, I just want to say, for everybody who's listening, if you are in the Massachusetts, New England area and you can make it to the... Uh, the Menden dr- twin drive-in like we're going this weekend. We're meeting powerful Brandon and, and his uh, lovely lady friend, the, uh, the tiny German, the tiny German. Uh, we are going to see jaws and Jurassic park on the 
drive-in scream. Nah, 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 so, nah, nah, to Steven Spielberg, nah, nah, nah. John Steven Spielberg directed John Williams scored monster movies essentially. Nah, nah. So we're going to go do that. And we are going to be wearing, and we're going to post these pictures, we are going to be wearing our bad CGI shark shirts. Ashes will not be doing uh, sound effects, hopefully. but I will totally be doing sound effects. But that's what that's what our plan is this weekend. You have something you wanted to uh, talk about? Well, I want to talk about what we have coming up as well. So not only are we going to be tackling Pennywise, the character, in a multiple of different universes, but we are also going to be at several places. So we have Rock and Chalk. Everywhere. We are, we are omnipotent. We are inevitable. Ubiquitous. We are everywhere. Um, we are going to be at Rock and Shock at the DCU Center in Worcester, October 11th, 12th, and 13th. Um, so definitely get your tickets. Come see us. They have a plethora of celebrity guests that are going to be there. Some crazy vendors that are going to be there as well. Come Alex see. Alex Hoey, uh, Survival of the Film Freaks OTC Industries will be there. Uh, it came, it from, came the from the 508. 508 is going to be there. Yeah, there's... Come see Bruce Campbell at his first ever guest spot in Worcester. This is the first time he's ever appearing at Rock and Shock. The closest I he ever am... came was many, many years ago. He was at Newberry Comics in Shrewsbury. Oh, I miss Newberry Comics in Shrewsbury. I do too. Although it's it is now a sushi, sushi place. place now, and it's a pretty good sushi, sushi place. It's pretty fucking awesome. But it's funny because we go to the sushi place, this really good sushi place. And Sawa, sit... please sponsor us and send us free sushi. <laughs> I love sushi so much. Um, but we sit in a certain spot sometimes, and I'm like, wow, I used to buy hair dye right over there. I bought uh, comic books right over there. So... Now there's a hibachi. <laughs> Not a good place for comics. But anyways, definitely come see us at Rock and Shock. We are also going to be at Rhode Island Comic Con, November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. That's down at the... Rhode Island Convention Center slash Dunkin' Donuts Center. Correct. Both both places. So we... Fucking huge. We'll be there with our brothers and sisters of the Dorkening Network. So definitely come see us down there. We're also going to be at the Dead of Autumn Horror Festival. That is Saturday, November 9th at Platinum City Gaming in Taunton. If you are. <laughs> Listen to my Taunton. But, anyways. On the outside. If you are interested in having your film shown at this film festival, definitely let us know. We have contact information. We can get you into contact with the correct people. Uh, we'll post links and share the event. Right. It's a production of BMG Events, along with It Came from the 508, and we are super, super, super excited to have a table there. We're going to be covering the event on the show. It's going to be a fantastic time. And the new film's going to be there! Yes! Two new films yes. so far from It Came from the 508. So and If you haven't seen One Last Kill, you need to... Right. It's going to be the world premiere of The Box... Which I'm super excited for. It looks really, really cool. 
Like, I've watched the trailer for it. We have a, a friggin' signed poster from the entire cast. Um, and we are also going to be at Super Mega Fest, November 16th and 17th. That is at the Sheraton in Framingham. If you're looking for us, we'll be over by the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Warriors, come out to play. Although, I have to say, the last time we were at Super Mega Fest, I don't know if this is technically defending my title, but the last time we were at Super Mega Fest, I won the Star Wars Trivia Contest. So... I will be there. That's Saturday at 5.30, the Star Wars Trivia Contest. I will okay. be there. Come try to out-fucking-nerd me on Star Wars. The only you know, two people that I think could do it, I'm not worried about, because it's Rocky. Rocky's not going to be there, because he's in Canada. And Wolfie, because Wolfie is far, far away. I don't think he's going to make a, it up. A galaxy there. far, far away? Uh, he's in, a, he's in a, a state far, far away. So... It's not a galaxy, it's a state. State of mind. It's, it's a... <laughs> it's a It's a what? I, 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 it's not... I'm trying to think of the word contentness. I was going to say complacency, but that's not it. Johnny Wolfenstein is never complacent. He might be content, but he's not complacent. He's, he's not come what? Complacent. <laughs> come up a sense. So anyways, we're going to be at these places. Definitely get your tickets. Come say hi to us and the rest of the Dorkening Network. And uh, we have some great episodes coming up. By Deadly Grounds Coffee. We also have some really awesome stuff coming up uh, in October. Oh, there's a guest I want to tell you about. Oh, I, I know. We have, towards the end of September, we have this really amazing guest that's going to be on. I'm so excited that we have the opportunity to speak to this person. Um, it, it's, it, and we're going to be talking about something that's so amazing. Uh, it's a, a film that's coming up. It's highly anticipated, especially on our end. And I, I think it's going to be a hell of a time. Oh, I think so. Um, I just want to say, though, we also have, uh, not next week, but the week after is, uh, you know, I don't know if anybody cares, but it's uh, Ashes and I, it'll be our 10th anniversary on Friday the 13th. So how fucking cool is that? That is pretty cool. That is pretty rad, right? 10th anniversary, Friday the 13th. We're going to be getting some tattoos. Tattoos? Like Bob. Bob Cephala got got tattooed. They were like, tattoo him. We didn't talk about that either. But, um, all right, I think uh, we've, we've With gotten, that being we've said, we've far. rambled on enough. So if you've about stuck with us, thank you very much. We love you guys so much. If so, you've gotten to this point, we just want to say, we will <laughs> see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday.